Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. It's amazing how many people danced in the streets at the thought that Cardinal Reinhard Marx would be consigned to early retirement. You'd think that the events of the past two years or more would have taught people the nature of theater, that nearly everything we see that suggests opposition existing between two factions in the church and the world is mostly theater. But most people don't accept that, even now. Not to toot my own horn, but a week ago I said that this was mostly theater, and now the news of Cardinal Marx's request for early retirement, having been rejected by Francis, is well known. It's time to explore the nature of this theatrical production, because the story itself isn't new now, but there are many developments that have happened since then that make this worth diving into a little deeper that you've probably seen elsewhere, so let's get into it and go deeper than you've seen. Late on Thursday, but especially late on Thursday for Europeans, Pope Francis issued his response to Cardinal Marx and published it on the Vatican website. The timing is odd to say the least, given that such a publication time would happen when most people would traditionally not be paying much attention. After all, this is done mostly after hours. But thanks to the internet and social media, this response spread like wildfire across the internet. The internet practically rejoiced when Cardinal Marx submitted his resignation and accepted responsibility for the McCarrick situation in his own country. But a few voices said to be cautious, and that this was all for show in order to bolster the German synodal process, which Cardinal Marx had long been a vocal supporter of. Now, Francis's letter is available for all to read, and I'll have it linked in the show notes at returntotradition.org. That's returntotradition.org, the name of this website with a .org at the end. I always put all my sources there, and you can read them for yourself. Just skip past the Patreon pop-up, since there is no paywall for my sources. But here's the most pertinent quote from that letter from Francis to the arch-modernist himself. Quote, We have done the mea culpa in the face of so many historical errors in the past more than once in many situations, although we have not personally participated in that historical situation. And this same attitude is what is being asked of us today. A reform is being asked of us, which in this case does not consist of words, but of attitudes that have the courage to put ourselves in crisis, to assume reality whatever the consequence. And all reform begins by itself. The reform of the church has been done by men and women who are not afraid of going into this and allowing themselves to be reformed by the Lord. It is the only way. Otherwise, we will only be reform ideologues who do not put their own flesh at stake. The Lord never agreed to do the reform, allow me the expression, neither with the Pharisee project or the Sadducee or the Zealot or the Essene. Rather, he made it with his life, with his history, with his flesh on the cross. And this is the path, the one that you yourself, dear brother, assume when you present your resignation. You say well in your letter that there is nothing to bury the past. Silences, omissions, giving too much weight to the prestige of institutions only lead to personal and historic failure, and lead us to live with the weight of having skeletons in the closet, as the saying goes. End quote. The language of this thing is framed in the need for reform. The reform of the reform, further reform, truly implementing the reform. It's the common language of our post-conciliar period, where the fruits of the council are not truly acknowledged, for the tree of the council has borne rotten fruit across the board. Instead, we need further reform, and that language, in light of the synods both in Germany and across the universal church as a whole, should raise a few eyebrows for anyone paying attention. But they won't, because the simple fact is that most people refuse to put two and two together. As one always astute mutual of mine on Twitter said in response to this, 
As expected, Cardinal Marx's offer was rejected by Pope Francis. Now he has an indirect papal blessing on the synodal mess, i.e. a cudgel with which to beat any resisting German prelates into compliance, a cleanly executed piece of theater. End quote. Give him a follow if you're on Twitter. Especially noteworthy here, though, is that Francis cites Pontius Pilate indirectly to point out the difference between Cardinal Marx's description of our situation and Francis's, which is especially noteworthy. Coming from the man who has numerous pictures of Judas Iscariot in his office, that should be especially telling. I'm going to go back to something Louis Verrecchio said on his site, aka Catholic, on this, which I cited in the original video on the Cardinal Marx story last week. To quote... Mr. Vrecchio directly. Am I the only one who wonders how Marx's resignation letter came to be so rapidly and so widely available in English? In other words, who translated it, who was the first to publish it as such, and why? Well, it ends up that the magnificently well-funded and thus highly influential Archdiocese of Munich kindly provided its own official English translation of the German text, as well as one in Italian, publishing each on its website. Is this standard operating procedure? I poked around a bit on the Archdiocesan website and found that of the top dozen or so news stories published under the press heading, the Marx Resignation Letter, along with his personal declaration, are the only two items that the Archdiocese of Music, Munich chose to translate for an international audience. Why? End quote. Well, to answer his question, it is standard operating procedure if the purpose is to sway reticent people on the outcome of a particularly important meeting, in this case of the German Bishops' Conference. My prediction is that Francis will step in, stop the very worst excesses of the German bishops while permitting them to push the boundaries of modernism even further than before and say that he managed to work out a big compromise. That's the prediction. I hope I'm wrong. Second prediction is that because of the nature of the compromise, illusion will all witness sighs of relief that we don't have a Father Brenda situation on our hands again, and many will think the worst is behind us. The easiest way to get people to accept the unacceptable is to do so incrementally. We've seen that in the secular realm. All one has to do is compare the American Party of Moloch today to how it operated in, say, the 1970s, and you'll see what I mean. Except today, Francis and the modernists will move more rapidly than that. They have to, for they know that those who come up behind them in the ranks of the priesthood do not support their goals. The synod is, as Mr. Verecchio points out, inseparably linked to what is going on in the secular realm with the big push to start civilization all over again. In a big way, you might say. In a great way, you might even say. Quote, The Reinhard Marx resignation dust-up isn't really about the Ted McCarrick situation. The That civil, emotionally charged situation is merely being leveraged in order to facilitate the so-called turning point, which itself is nothing more than the conciliar institution's version of and contribution to the restarting of civilization, desired by the Leviathan and its allies. And mostly, quote, The events in the church mirror those outside the church, and thus the ape of the church is under construction, and the synodal events that we will witness in the coming year are key events to making that happen. As the German-language version of the article published by the Vatican's official news site says on this, quote, What is required is more than a mea culpa. It is about a reform of the behavior. This includes accepting reality wherever it will lead. It is important that the Church now let the Holy Spirit lead her into the desert of desolation, to the cross and to the resurrection. It is the path of the Spirit that we must follow, and the starting point is the humble confession. We have made mistakes. We have sinned. End quote. Certainly prelates in the Church have sinned greatly even in this matter, and taken at strictly face value. He's not wrong. But we need a distinction. 
people often and sloppily talk about the sins of humans as sins of the church. The church is perfect, immaculate, the spotless bride of Christ, and as such, the church does not sin. But the men who misuse their power in the church certainly do. It's a mistake I've made, and as have others, this conflating of the human element with the supernatural element. Francis is doing it here too, and while it may simply be because he is prone to sloppy language, which anyone who takes an honest assessment of his work will tell you, this call to be led into the desert for resurrection is part and parcel of the language of reform that is meant to set up these coming synods, both in Germany and in the universal church thereafter. So buckle up for that, people, because Francis, the great reformer, as Austin Ivray's piece of fanfiction calls him, is going to lead us out of the desert of rigidity. Catholic prophecy tells us that at the times before the material chastisement, the church would apologize for her history. This would occur during the spiritual chastisement, which is what we most likely have been going through since the council with pastors who no longer shepherd the flock or the faithful, but rather ally themselves with the mutton merchant, with vocations to the religious life and priesthood utterly collapsing, and all manner of secular novelty being introduced into the institutions of the church. We were warned of this by the various seers of the church that have been approved throughout history. This apology tendency is being used to promote the union of the forces of the world and of the church into one unity of body, that ape of the church that I speak about so often. It is something to be wary of, and it should drive you to your knees in prayer. Purportedly, the Catholic News Agency of Germany says that Cardinal Marx was surprised by Francis's response and now has to think about it. I bet he has. The agency is funded by the German bishops, who are in turn inseparably linked to the secular institutions of Germany. Remember that as all this moves forward. And I'll leave you with this. Francis expressed brotherhood and love for the arch-modernist Cardinal Reinhard Marx, but to the seminarians visiting the Vatican, he said the following according to the Catholic World Report. Pope Francis Thursday urged a group of Italian seminarians to avoid rigidity, which he said lacks humanity, and encouraged them to ask God for the gifts of docility, end quote. So there you go. Don't be taken by this act of theater. Instead, remember this, that all synods unfold in the coming months. Clarity is needed more than anything, and that is only gotten through prayer and fasting. So please, take on penances for the church in the coming days and months. It'll be sorely needed. But let me know your thoughts on this in the comments below, and Click that subscribe and bell button if you haven't. It really actually does help and it makes it so you don't miss anything. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.